Okay, so what happens when you put two enthusiastically curious people on microphones talking to each other with the idea of learning how each other's brains work? You get this. You are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD and comorbid depression symptoms. I'm your host, Russ Jones, author of Descending to the Top, Believer that you can actually have a smile in your life despite this diagnosis. So let's make some sense out of this struggle. Let's learn some stuff. Let's laugh at some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some stuff. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm sure you saw the length of time on this one and you thought, what's going on here? Did Russ forget to push stop on the record button? This is over an hour long. He doesn't do that. What's going on? Uh, this is a, a legitimate, honest to God, sorry, not sorry. I think when you meet Meredith, you're going to get it. I can't not keep talking to her. There's just no chopping it down either. And I've chopped some of it down. Oh God, it, there's it, this was so much fun. There's a lot of juicy nuggets, so much juice in these nuggets. Uh, and there were just great takeaways. And it was the most non-interview interview conversation ever. It was, oh, it was so much fun. So let me introduce you really quick to Meredith Hackwith Edwards. She is the producer and the host of the podcast, Meredith For Real, The Curious Introvert, and that's on podcasts and platforms uh, and YouTube since 2019. She's also the uh, podcaster for Hire. She's hosting and producing Escambia County Schools podcast, Voices United in Education, which won a gold Addy Award in 2023. She was named one of Podcast Magazine's 40 Under 40 in 2022, and she's best known for her imaginative approach to content creation and ability to humanize digital communication. When she's not researching her next podcast guest, she's hanging out with her husband at the beach, buying plants she doesn't need, or planning her next trip. She believes in being lost in the right direction and that everyone should meet people outside the algorithm. And I love that. And you'll see why her podcast, it's in the top 2% globally. It makes all the sense in the world. She's so good at talking to people and asking questions. It, it was, I had such a phenomenal time. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is me and Meredith. We're chatting it up. Here we go. Russ. Meredith. <laughs> I have to tell you that preparing for this was somewhat therapeutic because I it was like calling a spade a spade because I didn't realize so much of what I experienced throughout the day is attributed to ADHD. And then uh, I would do something and have a, what I call, I would pay an ADHD tax for something I forgot. And I go, oh, adding that to my list to talk to Russ about. <laughs> this has been one of the the, the most exciting thing to uh, to prepare for, just because we hit it off on the on our chat earlier, and I forgot that we were doing it, and then I remembered we were doing it, and I forgot we were doing it, <laughs> and I'm like, this is basically an ADHD episode of like, oh, we got we're cobbling together some ideas. I think I know some stuff I want to talk about. I know some things I want to say. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. That actually leads me to my first question. Here we are, because I wanted to ask you about masking, which is a term I'm borrowing from the autism community. Mm -hmm. But when I'm normally doing these interviews, I 
I mask pretty well. Um, also because I'm oh. more in control. It, this is like the loosest episode I think I've ever done ever. Um, and when I'm with other ADHD people, I notice my freak flag flies a lot more freely and which is fun, except for that. I'm the part of me that wants to be in control is like, Oh my God, who's driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you mask too? Is that just a me thing? I know I used to big time and I'm, I'm not a very, I really have a hard time with terms. And I think, cause I'm so uh, oppositional. I'm like, yeah. ah, mask. It's just, it's, this is uh, uh, like, I do this a lot. I play with my hands when I talk to people sometimes. Um, I don't normally do that when I'm trying to be in like a normie environment. I am very fidgety. Like I'm very uh, alive inside my body. And mm. so uh <laughs> I actually noticed this uh, uh, recently, like being at Starbucks and I'm, I'm typing and I'm, and I, I let, my legs are flying and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not listening to music, but I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I, I'm like, wait, there's no I'm music, focused, but I'm you're, typing. but you're head banging. Nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm bobbing, you know, but I'm less like, cause I'm in a groove, you yeah. know? And, um, and I look around and there's all these people and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's moving. No, they're, and they're in a Starbucks, they're drinking coffee and they are typing and they're, and I was like, what? They're zombies. They're not doing anything. I'm like, so I kept trying to do that. And it was, uh, it was so uncomfortable and so gross feeling. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's what I believe is the attempt to mask is like trying to contain the, what do you mean? Like our soul? I don't know. Like our, our, <laughs> our spirit, our, our, who we are, <laughs> Yeah, our spirit, our, <laughs> who we are at, in, inside. Um, and that, and that sucks. Like I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I don't know if it's, they call it stimming, right? Or yeah, like yeah, the things stimming. that you do to, I, uh, what do you call it? Wave back and forth. Rock. Yeah. Waddle. I like waddle. Rock. I rock back and forth in lines. I used to never do that because mm-hmm. I'd feel like I'm misbehaving or I'm, I'm, I look weird to people and now I do it and it feels so better. And I'm like, I don't give a shit what anybody, yeah, maybe I have to pee. I don't know. Or <laughs> I'm on drugs. I don't, who knows? <laughs> you know, it's, but it just feels. It's how I wait. It's how I deal with boredom, you know? Yeah. It's interesting what you said about yeah. looking at the people around you at Starbucks because um, during uh, quarantine, my husband worked from home and I always work from home, but he's not usually there. And I remember being in another room, small house, right? So we're always within earshot and we can always usually see each other. And I was like looking at him like, wow, it's been like three (laughs) hours and he hasn't gotten up from his chair once. I began to narrate him like David Attenborough and those nature documentaries, like, Look at this crazy specimen as he sits there focused on his work. And so I asked him later, because, you know, after work, we created this like um, routine during quarantine where instead of he comes home from work because he was already home, we would get on our bicycles and ride, which also is interesting in terms of like stimming and stuff, because I find it's much easier to have a post how was your day conversation while moving, like the sitting on the couch or sitting at the kitchen table. How was your day? Like it just, I feel like my insides are going to explode, but moving, like riding a bike. Oh, it feels so good. And then I feel like the conversation comes out really nicely. But when we were biking after 
that day had ended, I was like, question, I observed that you sat still for four hours straight. Just curious. Is that normal for you? And he's like, yeah, how long do you go? And I'm like, I'm a solid 20 minute -er. <laughs> Five seconds and then I move in five seconds. Yeah. You find it like interesting the the um when you're sitting down we were talking about uh um uh, not being able to have like that post work conversation uh, do you find that when you when you're sitting down then the mind just goes but if you're engaged in a thing it's it, somehow that allows us to focus better because like yeah. because we're doing a thing I got a yeah, kneeling chair for my desk and it rocks it doesn't rock wonderfully because it is a carpeted room, but I find not sitting in that like 90 degree angle. I'm just, I'm kneeling. I, I don't know. It's somehow, it's also better for my, yeah. <laughs> my bones and stuff and my muscles, but yeah, think, the ergonomical, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. But it is, it is much better for that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it is interesting how I get in a flow state compared to someone who's more neurotypical. Um, I, I find that <laughs> there's a short window between nine and noon and <laughs> it's sad to say, but I find that if there's something that's really overwhelming or I've been procrastinating a lot, it's better if I do it within that window, because not only do I have right. more juice for it, I don't know what the word is, but I also, when I do mm -hmm. finish it or I finish what I've, you know, the portion of it that I've predetermined would be a complete status for myself, then I feel really good. It's like, then I feel like, oh, I'm energized. I can do anything. Oh yeah. You got, you get pumped up because you did the thing. Yeah, exactly. You did the thing that you said you're going to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's for me. I have that window. That's uh, right when I wake up and I, I've, I wake up at five and cause I like being awake when nobody else is awake and I'll just go on a quick walk. And then that's when I do the, the crappy stuff because I can you know, I'll do a 45 minute work session on like schoolwork stuff or on just things that, um, are just awful. Yeah. But that I, I, I have the reserves for, I have the, or the executive function, the dopamine or the neurotransmitter blasters for it. Um, that's <laughs> when I'll do those things, you know? I love that. That makes it sound like, uh, weapons from the transformers TV show. Yeah, that's our weapon, our neuroblaster things. I get those terms are so hard for me to 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 get on board with because now we talk about dopamine as if it's like something you drink. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I need more dopamine. I, I need a glass of dopamine in order to do my thing. It's just a thing I have. I have ADHD and it's my thing. I need a cup of dopamine. But where I'm like, I can't see it, so I'm like, I I can't even attach to that because. It, 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 um, the science of it I get, but it's lost on me. Yeah. It's like a little abstract, it, you know? abstract. Yeah. 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 Well, that's interesting about the dopamine for mm -hmm. you. Are do you consider yourself an extrovert, someone who gets energy from being around other people? Uh, yeah. I'm an introvert. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> You're an introvert. Yes. So it's an interesting no. paradox because I am outgoing. I am kind of a performing person. Um, I, I am, if you put me in a classroom, I am a class clown, but it's also cause I'm like, Oh, I'm bored. So I'm going to make everyone laugh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But, uh, but when I'm around a lot of people, I, my battery just drains 
pretty quickly. So it's interesting to be like both ADHD, Mm -hmm. which as you said, the dopamine is like maybe needing more dopamine, but my introverted self needs more. Um, what's the other one? Uh, is it acetylcholine? Is that a thing? Or is that like serotonin cortisol? <laughs> yeah, I did an episode about this. <laughs> it was about being a corporate introvert, and he explains that the brain chemistry is different, which I find very validating because there are days where I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is really all made up in my head." Not for other people. I'm not. I'm not. You know, discrediting others, uh-huh. but for myself, I'm like, yeah. "Gosh, why don't I just like suck it up?" You know, but. Knowing knowing that the brain chemistry is actually different, it is uh, helpful because then it becomes a fact. And like science, Meredith can enter the chat and we can work with that, you know? (laughs) Activate science. Let's go. Exactly. So tell me your, (laughs) what's your ADHD origin story since we're on like transformers and superhero theme here. Did you, did a, did a spider bite you? did I find out about my... (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found out about my superpower, my superpower when I was getting, um, it, it was, I think we're, we're coming up on eight years now and yeah, I was getting a divorce or I was in the process. Like we were going to couples therapy, you know? Um, and the, uh, it's that story. The therapist is like, Hey, have you ever thought maybe have you ever considered ADHD? And I'm like, why don't you help me fix my marriage, dude? Why are we talking about ADHD? And then, you know, you go and you take, you go home with it and you, you know, Google it and take your tests and find out what kind of an animal you are. And, oh, I'm an animal that's the same as a cheetah. And a cheetah is an ADHD animal. I'll do another online test. What other kind of tests is there? And so then I go and I get, uh, I talk to a psychiatrist, I talk to therapists, I get diagnosed and, and I go through all that, um, I don't know. What do you call it? Like the, there's like a relief, the relief of it. And then the sadness of it Mm. of like, holy shit, I've my whole life and all these things, all these failures and all these sucky things that have happened to me. And I could have maybe fixed that uh, or had a shot at fixing that. And, uh, uh, and that's, (laughs) that's my origin story. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> and I start crying. How did I get diagnosed depression? <laughs> What's yours? Uh, I am officially undiagnosed, so um, that may for some be an anticlimactic origin story. But um, as a child, you know, <laughs> women aren't usually diagnosed. Especially, you know, I was born in '83, mm-hmm. so especially you know during that time frame, that wasn't dyslexia was more of a thing. I thought I had dyslexia. Um, and I went to Sylvan Learning Center uh, and I took a dyslexia test because I, I, I swore up and down. And I still think I just see things differently. I don't think it's officially dyslexia, but I think I was um, I don't have any comorbid depression, but I've always been a little anxious, little person. And so mm-hmm. if I'm reading something and I'm under pressure, maybe the teacher Uh, in school was like, Meredith, read this. Then I would see what was on the page as a, as one image. And then I would try to interpret that one image very quickly instead of going through, uh, that made cooking really interesting. I, on several occasions would switch the measurement for sugar and salt, which is an epic disaster. Let Mm. me tell you. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. My mom's like, how, 
would you not have common sense to know that you wouldn't put a half a cup of salt? I'm like, mom, I'm 15. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The recipe said to do it. I know. It told me. The recipe told me. Um, So (laughs) homework that should have taken 20 minutes took two hours and simple Mm. chores that were, you know, should have been very straightforward. Clean your room became hours long projects in which I decided to kick off by sharpening all of my hundreds of crayons and organizing them by the color wheel. I'm afraid to say that as an actual example. (laughs) So my mom- That sounds like how you start cleaning a bedroom. That actually sounds exactly how you do it. It checks out. Get it all organized. Yeah. That's totally tracks. My mom would come in two hours later and she would go, listen, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to show you how to shove everything under your bed. And I did not know it at the time, but I have a little, little smidgen of OCD as well. That is diagnosed. Do you like how I make it sound like it's a cake recipe? Like just a pinch of OCD and not like it's a curmudgeon of problems. Yeah, a dash, just a little bit. Um, And so (laughs) that would really bother me that, you know, it wasn't perfect. I didn't do it in the right order, uh, which was also a a big, a big struggle. But my mom taught me a lot of tricks to kind of work around those energies and work with them instead of against them, which was very forward thinking of her, especially for the 90s when we didn't have internet until like... I want to say like 99, 2000, it was a lot. We did not. And it was like dial up where one person at a time, you know, it took the phone line, that one. Um, So it was very forward thinking of her. So later I learned that these tricks were called executive function skills. And then as an adult, you know, my ADHD has taken on some, some different presentations than when I was a kid. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of my OG story. Oh, that's that's a fascinating story. The and I think that's really cool that you had a support system back then. That uh, that's really good. That's awesome. Yeah. You, what were the negative uh, aspects of? Uh, I'm curious about the OCD stuff. Mm. The um, like, what were the things that you did to, uh, if you can speak to that at all, of of um, managing it. Because I imagine the feeling is like, this is wrong. What I'm looking at is wrong. I, 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 I'm not well-versed with OCD, but like that's how I picture it. How do you, how do you combat that or how do you live with that? Well, the, the sucky part, especially um, as a kid where I, I didn't have as many executive function skills, was I saw everything at once. So therefore nothing at all. And yet internally, I felt there was a specific order by which I was supposed to do things, but what was that order even? And so as, I mean, just, you can tell that probably left me in a lot of inaction and, you know, you'd be right. Uh I, I would just freeze and get so overwhelmed. And then I'd usually, um, I had all this energy, nervous energy. So I'd pick up some random project like organizing my, it was always organizing. Like that was always my, you know, uh, I'd organize my closet or something like that as a kid, as an adult, um, it's a lot of, uh, procrastination, which doesn't sound like OCD, but it's like, I'll make lists and I'm like, okay, I have to do it in this list, in this order. Otherwise I failed. 
So it's not like hand washing or, you know, the things that we traditionally think of OCD, but it's like, if I don't do my list in this order, then I suck as a human. And, and then I'm hard on myself. Like I'm behind. Oh my gosh, I'm behind. Um, but that's, yeah. And you can see how it pairs with the ADHD because I would also be Mm -hmm. more in love with the idea of doing things than doing the things. And that's where the lists would come into play. And as a kid, I had just stacks, stacks and stacks of papers that were always titled like, and I always made it sound like some sort of James Bond thing. Mission, organize my room. (laughs) Mission. Operation. (laughs) Yes. I did use that word. Operation (laughs) pass algebra. And I would make a strategy for how I was going to pass algebra. But the implementation part (laughs) was really lacking because my baseline (laughs) of being a human is and was so busy that I would I would wear myself out. You know, (laughs) like it's like inside I'm running a marathon, outside I'm frozen because I don't know where to start. Yeah. And, and the, I had a lot of those too. Like the uh, the operation one is like operation, you know, get this job, operation, do this thing. And I would do, I was a big time list dork. Really? I, uh, oh my God. And for me, it was, it, it was all about the fresh piece of paper and uh, the, the writing implement. And if those things matched up right then, oh God, I just wanted to sit there and write. And it didn't even matter what I was writing. I would just be like, oh, this is my plan for my 10-year plan. And then I would never look at it. But the, uh, oh, there's something about like a, a blank page of being like, there's a hopefulness to it. Yeah. And there's like a, uh, oh, my dreams are on there. Let's put some dreams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I used to not be able to switch pens while note-taking or just writing, even in my journal, switching pens, it would just upset me. Um, So that's kind of like- It ruins it. Yeah. That's kind of where the OCD came into play. And, and, um, you know, it's interesting hearing your reaction to your ADHD diagnosis because I was internally, I was listening, Russ, I promise, but I was also comparing it. Wow. You know how (laughs) I feel right now? I feel not listened to. But I was also comparing it to my moment where my therapist was like, okay, so she was so sweet. So we have a little OCD, not a lot, a little, but here's the deal. We don't focus on labels here. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. But I was also validated by, by the label, but I don't, you know, I don't attach to it too much because, you know, that's, I'd rather spend my energy thinking of ways to utilize it, um, which is very helpful in the yeah. land of production. You know, you, you kind of are in that world. Yeah. So making sure that all yeah. my equipment is with me, that I have, you know, duplicates of different cables and cords, et cetera. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I think I'm the same way uh, in that the knowing that I have this thing that people have determined is called ADHD, um, it it's helpful because for me that I know that I have, oh, now I can, I can look at these particular strategies and these particular things and, oh, that I'm not a piece of shit loser. I, I actually, there were reasons why I couldn't do stuff. Um, that to me is the good part, uh, the, uh, of knowing and, and attaching to it that 
term or, or whatever. Um, but then I'm like, but we're all so unique and we're all so individual that uh, I also am, I don't want to attach to it Yeah, because there's, uh, I, I think that's being a bit dramatic about it. Like the, it's the idea of, um, it's like um, the relative you don't really yes. want to be related to. Like, okay, you're a cousin, but you're like a second cousin <laughs> Uncle four Charlie. times removed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, we're not related, Troy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's, uh, I, I forgot kind of what I was saying, but it was just the, the idea of, uh, I, I like knowing that I have ADHD, but I also am like, there's the me inside that's more than ADHD that's, um, what that's me specific. Yeah. Nobody else in the world will maybe get or know. And that's supersedes the diagnosis stuff. So how do you practice Same with depression? Yeah. Yeah. But what you were going to say, uh, I was just going to ask you how, how do you practice interoception? What does that look like to you when you connect something you're doing outwardly or maybe something you're thinking and you have that moment where you're like, oh, I am doing this or I am thinking this and you connect it with words. Do you know what I mean? It's like that mind-body connection, mindfulness maybe, but it has a little bit more to do with what your body is doing, which includes your mind. That was about as clear as mud. I don't know what the word interception is. <laughs> Can you please define? Use it in a sentence. Word origin, please. <laughs> Um, so like introspection is going within your mind and like having a little chat with yourself and interoception is going, Oh wow. When I talk with that person, I notice my jaw tightens. Oh, you mean having like a supreme level of self-awareness? Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that since again, preparing for this episode, my introception about my ADHD presenting symptoms uh, has been elevated and it's kind of cool. And so I just assume like you're more advanced than me <laughs> because, you know, you have more practice. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, a professional. Yeah, you're a professional. A professional ADHD diagnosed. I mean, your podcast is called ADHD Big Brother after all. So I help people get their shit together. Yes. Yeah. So I figured uh, you might with ADHD. Have, <laughs> you might have like more tips than I have. I'm trying to understand the what you're saying though, as far as like having a self awareness about where you are in the moment. Of yeah, so like I'll give an example. So um, yeah. here we go. Let's take uh, last night at 7:30 p.m. <laughs> as an example. Mm -hmm. I had not yet prepared for our time together, and mm -hmm. I this is not the normal format for me for my show. Um, I normally have a certain way that I do things, but I was excited to take on this challenge of a more vulnerable, more actual conversation back and forth type of thing, but it made me nervous and uncomfortable. And so I put it off. Mm -hmm. And in my head, if you, well, if you had asked me, are you, are you procrastinating because you're uncomfortable about this new thing? I would have been like, no, I'm just really busy. My week is super crazy. But the truth is that I was procrastinating because of the nature of, you know, this, we'll call it this project. And I didn't have awareness okay. of that until 7.30 last night when you emailed me and you were like, hey, Meredith, looking forward to talking to you tomorrow. And I was like, damn it, he beat me to it. And I felt so bad because I, you know, you I have this pressure on myself, like to be 
on top of things. And I'm like, oh, he emailed me first. I lost. Oh, and I was like, wait a minute, this is all ADHD stuff. And I had not, maybe if we weren't actually preparing for an ADHD episode, I would not have made that connection. Super long example, but that's kind of what I mean. So I'm just curious if you have those connections on the daily or if you have a process through which you make those connections. I'm going to like, so just a heads up is the, um, my brain was with you in the beginning and then it kind of trailed (laughs) off. And then I was like, that's right. We didn't prepare too much. And then, and and so it's going to be gone. The, uh, for me, it's, uh, if I'm procrastinating, then I, uh, I ask myself, okay, what is the thing I want to do? It's, it's very, um, for me, this stuff is all about like, you want to do a thing and you're not doing the thing. Right. And it doesn't, it, it, for our brain, there is shit we do and there's shit we just can't do. And, uh, and so for the stuff that we can't do, if you want to do it, you change how you set it up, right? You, you pull everything back to the very basics. You go, okay, well, what is the thing I want to do? What specifically am I going to work on? What is the easiest point of entry into that thing? And am I going to have to set a timer around it? it? Whatever it is to move me forward to get started, because in the moment, I don't want to do the thing because it it hurts internally. It mentally, I'm struggling to get started, right? Or if if there's some kind of attention around it, um, I don't know about like for, for this interview, uh, I, the way I view it is we're having this cool conversation about um, the shit that we go through in life. And, you know, it's, this is Meredith for real. The for real, real Meredith for real. <laughs> We're going to peel your onion a little bit. The, uh, you know, and the same for me. It's like, well, let's let everybody know like some of the shit that we deal with. And I, I don't necessarily think we need to prepare for that outside of what's, what do we want to talk about? What are the things we want to say in general? It's not like a typical interview, you know, with, with, I don't know, because I'm not a big interview person, but like with like a, if you're going to interview David Letterman or something, you're like, oh, I need to research the shit out of it. And, oh, I need to look at his entire life and read all of his books and do all of his things and ask these questions. Yeah. Uh, that's not what this is. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like. We're just if, different. We're just different. It sounds like if you do have something that you're procrastinating, what you described was a lot like project manager. Okay. I love what you said about what's the easiest, easiest point of entry to that project. I feel like that is, <laughs> we could, we could end now. That's my takeaway. That's really good. Okay. The end meeting. How do we do it? <laughs> do I click leave? Just the big X, the See top right hand side. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I wanted to, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and th- this is the thing that I used to battle with. Uh, a lot early on is that I would feel so stupid um, because I'm a grown adult human being and I know how to do the dishes, but I can never seem to get started on doing the dishes. And then when you go, oh, if if you put it in a container of time, I'm just going to set a timer for 10 minutes and my reward is that I get to quit, then okay, but I don't know how to get going. Okay, well, what is the easiest point of entry would be like, all you have to do is physically go over to the dishwasher and open it. And it feels so stupid and remedial initially when you think like that. But really, we're doing the same exact stuff that uh, a normie's doing. We're just thinking it. 
Yeah. Like everybody's going over the dishwasher and opening the dishwasher. That's what everybody's doing to do the dishes. We sometimes, if we need, it's like being paralyzed. If, If we're paralyzed and our brain won't let us get started, we have to, you know, jiggle the handle or whatever it is, you know, to turn the knob or whatever, like come up with these little things that move us forward. Yeah. Prime the pump. Prime the pump. Yeah. 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 So what's your, (laughs) what's your, what's it like to be you? Like what's, you know, I'm thinking if uh, your audience (laughs) is definitely uh, fellow ADDers, (laughs) but my audience, you know, it might include some normies. And so for the sake yeah. of the normies, I thought it, I thought it might be fun if we had to describe our chaotic inner work workings. <laughs> so, uh, tell me okay. wh- what's your brain like, Russ? What's like, if you had to narrate, <laughs> if you were David Attenborough and you had to narrate the goings on in your let's, brain, what would it be? Oh, let's go inside. And then we peel back the layers, zoom in the, uh, uh it sucks. It, uh, this is where we'll talk about the dark cloud. Maybe um, is the the people that are resonating with the podcast tend to also be comorbid depression people because we all, um, you know, historically we just don't like ourselves. We are grown ups who have not been able to do stuff, and we are. There's a hopelessness to that. There's a sadness to that. So for me, it's an it's like an ebb and flow of depression, but it's uh, an, an ebb and flow of my feelings of self-worth because certain things like you, 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 certain things that are, I know how to do and that I can do. I, 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 I can't do it's fucking, ah, oh, kills me. And it's, I'm, I'm good now in terms of like, uh, I, I know all these things that work. That's why my mission is I'm going to help people get their shit together. That's it, it. It's a strong light inside of me. But to be me is to be like, uh, I re, if I don't get up and do my walk in the morning, I'm 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 off for the day. I'm good luck. I'm here. We go. Let's. If uh, if I take medicine for to help quiet the distractions, I have to know that I'm also throwing in with anxiety at the end of the day because that's what happens to me. You, you it's like. Uh, your cost benefit. I have to take some shit to get some productivity. It's not this, uh, it doesn't feel like a gift to me. Um, it, it doesn't feel like a superpower. It feels, um, awful except for when I'm having a good time (laughs) and except for when I'm lit up and I'm doing a thing that I'm, I believe in like, so the ADHD big brother stuff that lights me up. Um, you know, having a conversation with you, that lights me up. And, um, I live in those things. And, oh, you know what? This is a total side note. Um, and it's probably going to take us on a bird walk. Uh, but I've been, because of college, I've been having to read these research journals. It's a fucking slog. I hate it. But I was like, Hey, if I'm going to do this stuff, let me see if there's stuff on ADHD in adults. And they, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. There's a, um, there was a statement about a study about adults with ADHD and that there is a um, life is boring to us. And so that's why we are seeking stimulation from things and why we go after things like 
impulsive things, sex things, all these like drugs, all these stimulating things, because our baseline is this is life. <laughs> this is so dumb. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, uh, and you're like, everybody's just doing it. What are we doing? It, it's so like that. Uh, we're always, and we're such creative, alive people, but the world is so structured and normy and, and hard for us. So the slog for me, and this is, I think, going back to the initial question is that uh, my day is spent finding the ways to live in a normie world that don't destroy my soul to be dramatic about it. Um, and that make me f- like, so I'm able to feel the juiced up stuff that I want to. Right. Mm. And that's that whole, like I I've, I've talked about this a number of times, but like structure feels like a prison and it just feels like a trap. And yet if we people with ADHD need it. So it's, we have to find ways to put structure in our lives. And by doing that, we get more structure. We we get more unstructured time. It's a weird phenomenon, right? That structure more and you'll get more of your whim running, like chase your whim time, which is what I think is we all want more of. Um, I now, I don't even remember what you initially asked me. Just so you know. <laughs> I was asking what your internal world is like. Oh, did I get, did I, I share you, it? Yeah, I, I think know. you nailed it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's interesting because oh. my, um, it's interesting about your research paper that you read. I'm happy that you took that little bird trail, as you called it, because uh, I have a completely different interpretation of the world. It's, oh, yeah, I crave please. the peace and quiet. I crave the time in nature. I crave solitude. Like uh, the world, my baseline is also busy. So that part's the same, but because I don't know, it's just different. I feel a higher inclination to be tipped into overwhelm than tipped into boredom. And so I uh, have to make room for boredom. When I travel, and we go to a cool place, I have to ask myself, is there room for boredom? Because I will overbook us and, and we'll do everything and see everything. But that's for that's also our style of travel is to let the magic happen in those quiet moments where we run into uh, a guy selling empanadas on the street and his dog has three legs. Like that for us is very satisfying. But making room for boredom is like a practice for me. It's almost like a like a meditation practice. It's because I, I feel overstimulated all the time, not under. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. That's interesting. That is so introverty. It is. I I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a real thing. And there's, I'm very grateful that I, maybe it's, you know, I'm I'm just grateful for the way things kind of turned out because I think that if I had maybe perhaps been aware of these particular designations younger at a younger age, I may have felt very badly about them because I remember figuring out I was an Mm. introvert. I was, um, I was like 28 and I was with a bunch of fucking extroverts and I was like, what is wrong with you people? And they were like, what is wrong with you? And then I realized, Lance, settle down. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like they wanted to be together all the time. I'm like, y'all, 
working with you oh. once a week. And I only saw them like once or twice a week. We were all independent contractors, but I'm like, that's enough. I don't really need to go and do an escape room with you. Plus, that's a terrible idea. Um, Wait a minute. <laughs> escape rooms are the coolest. <laughs> oh, no. um, it's like a class. over again. <laughs> it's like a class project. You know, I, <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you find... I, I need to ask you this about you. Yeah. Do you find... Like, okay, so after today, you're recording podcasts today, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to be wiped out or are you going to be juiced up? Wiped out. Are you going to be like, leave me alone, don't talk to me, yep. I I need quiet? I, I'm not even That's letting it? you finish the question. Yeah. I My husband jokes yeah. because I'll, I record typically five episodes back to back. I can do six, but my brain's pretty mushy for that sixth interview. Um, but most Got of my it. interviews my episodes are 30 to 40 minutes and that's true recording time. Whereas some podcasters record 90 and trim down to 30 or 40. Mine's a true 30, 40 kind of what we record is what the episode is. So that, that is an important Mm -hmm. distinction for those other podcasters out there that might be listening going, you do what? Um, But at the end of the day, my husband knows I am on the couch. We are ordering food or eating leftovers or like I'm not doing anything. I I don't feel bad about it. And he's so great about it. He comes home and he opens the door and he goes, there she is. Meaning there I am on the couch, you know, (laughs) but he, he wants me to take care of myself. And I'm really grateful to have a partner like that, that he's not like, really, you got home at three 30 and you've been, it's five 30 and you've just been sitting on the couch. Like he knows that's what I need because he has seen me where I'm just overextended, overcommitted, and it does not make for a pleasant household. <laughs> oh, no, it sounds like it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So I wanted to hear about the inverted mountain triangle, because when we were talking about procrastination earlier, you know, I've kind of, I have some different hacks, which I can share later about how not to procrastinate on smaller things, but I still have trouble with larger things. And I have trouble with things that are in like certain categories like technology. So I, I like, for example, I bought a website revamp in December and it's, we're recording this in June. Go ahead and ask me, Meredith, have you done the website revamp? Okay. Meredith, um, just quick question. Have you done the website revamp? That's a negative. I have not. (laughs) And I bought it in December. I bought a new laptop in November. I didn't even open the box until March. I bought a very expensive. (laughs) That's. (laughs) Yeah. I also bought a very expensive XLR cable um, and left it in the box for months because it overwhelms me. I, I should have opened it and tested it to make sure it was the right thing. By the time I did open it and test it, it's not the right thing. I can't even use it at all. And then I couldn't return it because the window of return was over. So I have hidden it in my house so I don't have to look at it and feel bad about myself. So yeah. That's hilarious. Out of sight, out of mind. That's brilliant. Yeah. Just get it away and then it doesn't exist anymore in, in on the planet, in the universe. It's yeah. Gone. So tell me about this mountain triangle upside down world because <laughs> I needed to change my life. You did. Oh, oh, you want a game changer? Here. Here's your game changer. Okay. The uh this was this came, comes from my um 
my struggle against the normie views of things and um, why it's never been working for me. And the, the idea that, you know, the world that we live in, right. Is that goals are these things that you go after and they're on the top of a mountain and you work hard, you persevere, blood, sweat, and tears, and it's going to hurt, but that means you earned it and you get fall down, get back up. Come on. And it's, it's hard work. And you, it's really dramatic. And, but, and then you get up on the top of the mountain and like people with ADHD or pe- me, I'm putting the mountain over here. I don't even know how this looks on YouTube, but like <laughs> there's the mountains that way. Stage, the, uh, stage left. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, where, where do I put the mountain? Is it up here? The, um, a person with ADHD will stand in front of that mountain and be like, holy shit. Uh, there is so much to know and do and learn. I'm going to need a jacket for that. When I get that high, I'm going to need ropes, harnesses. Let me make a list. Let me do this. I'm going to have to read a book on how to do that kind of climbing. There's so much that goes into it and it becomes so overwhelming and that it becomes impossible. And this whole just do it world that we live in is fucking stupid. It doesn't make any sense for our type of brain. Um, So, and I'm like, this is just a dumb metaphor. Why, why does it have to be that? And so the the thing that works for me is to start my journey on the top of the mountain. And I just imagine the goal is at the bottom of the mountain, somewhere below the cloud line. I can't really see how to get there. I just know it's down there. And then all I have to do to get going is just a a nudge, just like a, you know, someone to push me on the back of the shoulder and and now I roll down the hill for my goal. It's just such an easier concept. I don't have to know anything. I don't have to figure anything out. I just start rolling, smash into some trees on the way or whatever. But um, it's uh, it's like just nudging, and, you know. You and then if you stop, you stand up and you find a way to nudge yourself. And those are the ADHD hacks, right? The easiest point of entry, timers, um, all those little skills that uh, you know that you teach and that you learn and are the nudges to move you forward. And God, that makes goals so much easier. You don't, you can half-ass your way to a goal. That's a thing you can do. Be like, no, you have to give 110% every 30 time. You have to work it. You have to be better than that. It's so freaking, uh, it's, you feel like such a loser when you are like, oh, you mean I have to do that? I guess, cause I can't, I'm lazy. Or I'm a failure. I know, just like set a timer for 10 minutes and half-ass your way forward for like 10 minutes and then reward yourself by quitting. Oh my God, your reward is a quit? Like, yeah, quit. And then set another timer later for 10 more minutes. I love that. Sorry, I get I, that. That gets me all. He, this gets me heated up a little bit. Well, I think if I if I were to take a stab at why you get why you get so heated up, <laughs> is I think it's related to what you shared with me off mic, which was like being cool with yourself um, versus like that yes. that constant cycle of beating yourself up, which is very unhelpful. Yes, that's the. I I think the world that we live in r- right now too is very. Um, self-care, self-love, self, you know, get on a paddleboard and do Tai Chi and take care of your spirit. And it's like, you got to take care of yourself. And 
and love yourself and tell yourself in the mirror that you love yourself. Okay, that's how you know that you are in California. Because if you were in the American South, self-love would be like, go get you that fried chicken and get your nails done and go to the spa. Like you're like listing all these healthy outdoor hippie things that it's not our world over here. Okay. Hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So these worlds, right. Of like, Oh, it's, I love myself. I love myself. It's, um, it's not realistic for a person. uh, And I'll just say it's not realistic for me. And if it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I can't go from, I hate myself. I'm a hopeless piece of shit. I'm a loser. I can't go from that to, oh my God, I love myself. Oh my God, I'm the greatest. And yes, me. Yes. That's, uh, it's ideal. I would love that. I would love to feel that way. But I, it's, you can't go up to the employee that you hate and be like, will you marry me? It's just, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So the, what my, I have a, this is what I, I don't know, preach from the mountaintop is to be cool with yourself. That's something that I, somebody like me can do. I can go, I'm, I'm cool with myself. I, this is an aspect of my life that's not going well. Okay. I can accept some aspect of it and be cool with the fact that I'm in this place that I can do. It's like a, uh, it's like a shitty roommate, you know, yeah, but he pays the rent, right? <laughs> I, I'm cool with him. I, I, he can stay, but <laughs> uh, it's not the best. I don't love him. You I know? like that. It's, yeah. It's that kind of a concept. I like that. My, um, my mom used to uh, reframe with me, although we didn't know that that was what it was called. She would say, let's try this as an experiment. And that would help me from the, you know, indecision zone to get out of it and to try something without fear of failure or fear of it's the wrong decision. I had just a clinical level of FOMO. If that's a thing, then I definitely had it because I, if I made one decision, I would not be present, excuse me, I'd not be present with that decision. I'd be thinking about this decision I did not make and wondering if that in fact was a better decision. And this was even for small things like choosing a candy bar at the store. And so she would say, let's conduct an experiment. And the little science nerd in me was like, Ooh, there's no failure in experiments. It's just data. And so for me, being cool with myself looks a lot like observing myself as an anthropologist, um, as someone collecting data. And so when I do something that, uh, like for example, I just got my dive certification over this weekend, um, yeah, super excited about it. Do you know when I That's bought rad. the online portion of that? August uh, of 2022. It is June of 2023. So I I just couldn't sit still to do the online portion of it. So I kept procrastinating it and procrastinating ugh. it. And and then I had a really cool opportunity to dive with someone who was coming in town, who is like a big shark person, and she was going to take me to co- go see these sharks. And I I was able to get into a class just in time, but I failed the class. I didn't. Well, I didn't fail. I just didn't pass. But I was like, you know what? If I hadn't procrastinated on that thing that I bought last August, 
then I would have already not only had my certification, I would have been confident and practiced, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, that's that fork in the road for me. That's an example of a fork in the road for me where I go, okay, all right, we can feel bad about this and kick myself and call myself a loser. And why am I always the almost girl? Like I almost did it, you know? Mm. Or I can observe this as empirical data and push up my invisible nerd glasses and get out my invisible nerd pen and take notes for future me. Uh, or, you know, for present me, I, I try to not be so enthralled with the future. I try to, you know, be in the moment. And that's something that I'm working on currently. But uh, my version of cool roommate is being an anthropologist. Oh, that's awesome. Do you think that you're uh, a visual type of person? Like th- <laughs> yeah. these metaphors just match <laughs> up, right? Like if you, I don't know that it's role playing necessarily, but it's like, it's this idea of how you see yourself in the anthropology and the, and that creates an ability in you yeah, to do a thing. Oh, totally. I love that. I love that stuff. Up until really recently, um, I never even thought in words. I like no, no words, no English, no other language, nothing. It was only pictures. So when people would say, how does that make you feel? Like I would literally just feel feelings. There was no words. And it's, it, oh. yeah, my, my mind's an interesting place. It's like, I am in the center of a multi-lane highway at dusk and there are cars zooming towards me with their lights on and I'm, I'm in the middle. They're going around me. They're going across They're They're just everywhere. And, and it's a multi-stacked highway too. So there's more, it's not just one layer, it's multi-layer. And those are my thoughts and ideas and prompts and motivation. It's everything in my brain and it doesn't Uh-oh. line up. And it's, it's like that fight or flight of being in the middle of a multi-lane highway most of the time. Yeah. Now I will tell you as far as things I can't live without, I recently discovered GABA, which is just a really inexpensive vitamin GABA that you can get at your local vitamin shop. And mm-hmm. apparently, yeah, writing that one down, apparently um, it's very useful, useful for people with autism or who have like stimulus overload kind of sensory stuff. Uh, but it is totally a game changer. It doesn't take oh, wow. away the cars. It just makes them line up in a row. And now I'm kind of like, you know, the, the traffic officer who's going, okay, you can go. Okay, you can go pull over. You pull over to the side. I'll talk to you in a minute. And it's just like a much more orderly way of doing things. It's it's just incredible. That sounds awesome. You're like, and that's why I GABA in 500 milligram pills. Yes. Yeah. No. You know, I uh, that's for me. The uh, the um, that's sort of what uh, medicine does for me. which I'm, I'm interested in that because I don't like medicine, Yeah, but I'm, I, I'm like, I, I know like when I was depressed, I got to a point where I was like too depressed for too long. It's like, give me the pill for it. Cause this isn't how I want to live. For me, it was the, it was that experience of there's so many things happening. I, I can relate to your highway. Uh, for me, it's all, um, their ideas, their ideas of, of urgencies things that are important and they're all hitting me all the time, nonstop. They're go, 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 go. And 
my experience with medicine was that, oh, this, they all became whispers, and which totally relates to your like, oh, I'll deal with you and I'll deal with you. It was, they were, they didn't go away. It was all still there, but it was manageable, right? Does that, yeah, that's, that's what, exactly it, that's it. what, uh, that's really cool. Um, it is really cool. I'm and I'm just so grateful that a f- my friend, Emily Murphy, she's like a hormone specialist and I, I was just was struggling and with overwhelm and, um, I don't know if they're intrusive thoughts. I don't really understand intrusive thoughts, but I understand uh, rumination. And it was like the, you know, what rumination is like, you think of something you said that was stupid in the sixth grade and you're like, you know, trying to pay your uh, bills as a 40 year old. And you're like, remember that time in sixth grade? It's like, my brain Mm -hmm. is this really unhelpful gym teacher from Minnesota. And she's like, Oh, (laughs) Hey, uh, I see you're paying bills there. A, but, um, remember that really dumb thing you said to belly in the sixth grade? That was really mean of you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Mine's not a gym teacher though. <laughs> she has That's a fanny pack and, and like a headband. And I've got this whole, again, with the visual in, in my head, but yeah. It, and so it was getting really bad. And I mentioned it to her and she was the one that suggested GABA, which I'm grateful for. But um, I'm curious oh, to wow. hear what your like can't do withouts are. Do you have any other, you know, gizmos or gadgets or like hacks that if you, you, you just can't like like if you had to get on an airplane with four things and you're like you know what this has to be one of the things oh i you know what i don't i, I don't well this this the my bullet journal i i, I thought that was like the book of mormon journal. or something <laughs> i was like oh okay this is yeah, gonna take an interesting have, turn have you considered <laughs> have you considered what it means i just want to invite you in real quick <laughs> Have you heard about the word of David? And uh, I don't know. I can tell you. No, the, no Mormon background. <laughs> like this went in a totally different direction. Where's your soul at right now? Let's talk about that. Oh my that. gosh. The um, bullet journal is a thing I can't do without. Okay. I have to have it. It's like the Lord of the Rings of like you, one notebook to rule them all. Like you put everything in one place. That to me is something that just ADHD people in general, you have to externalize your planning. That's one. And then I'm a big timer guy. I mostly spend my days with the structure of a timer. That's it. What about you? Yeah, those are good. What are yours? (laughs) Um, Mine, top of the list every day without fail are my lists. So I'm still a big list person, but I've been able to find a version of list making that isn't like operation, have a good day. And then I don't have a good day. Um, so I make a list, uh, of everything. It's a brain dump of everything that I want to do for that week, because if I don't, it's in my brain Mm -hmm. anyway, it's not like I'm creating another thing to do. It's, it's in there. So it has to get out. Like you said, I love that you said that. And then I have a general structure of what, what Monday through Thursday look like. Friday is either a free day or an oopsie day. Um, So I try to just have a four-day work week, but sometimes the surf is up. It's not always up here like it is in California. So if the surf is up, it's like a reason to cancel plans and we go do the thing. We go surf. And then, of course, then it extends the week into, you know, Friday or Saturday for working. But I, the thing that I do different 
about my list that has made the biggest difference for me is I write down what I'm doing, like my time, as though I had to submit a timesheet. So I, because I don't have a robust inner clock. (laughs) So there's that. So I'll write down like, okay, 10 AM and then a dash. And then I am, um, culling through an episode for the podcast, let's say. So, you know, editing episode. And then if I, it prevents me from getting up and wandering away and, and going into another room, which apparently is a time warp and causes me to instantly forget my name and what I'm doing and where I live. So I go back to the list and go, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be working on finishing this episode and I'll come back to it. And then it also, I actually have an Excel spreadsheet that I put all that data into as well, because I like to see where I am. Some would call it hyper-focusing, but I call it like ultra loyalty. I just get ultra committed to processes, even if they are inefficient. And Mm. there's a pattern there. I'll become ultra loyal to people or ideas, um, even if those people or ideas aren't working because I always see myself as the problem. If I just work harder, if I just, you know, put my head down, I, it's the problem is me. Like I've had the same surfboard for, um, since 2011 and I love it. And I love the man who shaped it. He's amazing, but I need a different surfboard, but I'm committed to that surfboard because only losers change their equipment. What, who told wow. me that? I don't even know where that came from. I need another surfboard, but I'm like loyal. It's your idiot gym teacher brain. It's that <laughs> idiot gym teacher. What's her name? Uh, she doesn't have a name, but she is got a, yeah, really thick white socks. So there's that. She knows nothing about surfboards, by the way. She does it. And so it's like loyalty to to inanimate objects. So the point is with the list, getting back to you know writing down my time is it helps it helps create like a third party auditor that is still me but I can look at it with an anthropological view and go oh wow it looks like I spend the most time in this area of my work I wonder how I can shorten that now because I don't have a robust inner clock shortening it for the sake of shortening it don't work so I have to schedule something that is non-work related very close to whatever that end time might more ideally be. So let's say, um, you know, I want to be done Thursday at 4, 4 p.m. So I will schedule um, a rock climbing adventure at the little rock climbing gym with a friend at 4.30. So that's a hard stop. And what happens is my competitive nature will go faster, be more focused in more flow. And I will trip over a more efficient way to do things along the way. So that's like the longest answer ever for just one tip, but that's no, but my go-to. That's brilliant. I, I, I and I'm going to steal that. I'm <laughs> going to try yeah. that on myself. I, the, the idea of, um, putting a, a to do or a, a, a thing that's like, like an appointment, right? Technically the, the gym rock, and it's in a time where you have, you have a heart out at four. So then you're like, how can I get as much done as possible? And then the, the thing that you said that I loved is the, the, that you're going to trip over a, uh, you're going to trip over a methodology or, and I, that to me is brilliant. Like the, um, 
like some of the clients that I talk to and like it's when the insights come out of your, out of you is when they are the best. It's when they sink in. Like you can tell, I was telling this guy uh, in a million different ways, the same thing. I don't remember what it was, but one day we were, we're having a, an appointment and he says it. I think I need to do this. And he's like, well, you've been telling me that for this whole time. I'm like, but that doesn't matter. It's the, it's the, when it finally comes out of you, this, this insight that you tripped over, right? This thing, it becomes alive and it becomes sunk in and you're like, oh, I get it. And all the, it's like those, uh, what do you like? The cliches of life, you know, the motivational posters. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I get it. We, we get everything, but it's when we, like when we, when it comes out of us as though it's your idea and like, oh, that's right. This is how to do it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's where an ADHD person who also has curiosity can be, can be a power, can be a superpower because if you are exploratory in your life and you're willing to try different things, you can stumble upon solutions that really work for you. A long time ago, I was really curious about essential oils, which I don't know why that's funny, but it's funny. And so, but I was like <laughs> approaching it in the dorkiest way possible. I was reading about terpenes, the thing in essential oils that make them work. Like, why what? do I feel energized when I smell lemons? And I think that's actually where it started was with lemons, <laughs> lemons, what? the gateway drug. Um, but then I discovered limonene is the terpene in lemons, actual like the fruit that makes you feel like motivated and and want to go forward. And and so then that began this whole. What? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that? It's so cool. It, no. It's, it's so cool. So then I just. I just know that I really like the smell of eucalyptus and lavender in the, uh, in the, uh, the humidifier thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a soothing. It's it really is soothing. soothing. <laughs> so I started to read more and learned that uh, pinene is the terpene that can really help with focus. And I thought, okay, well, what essential oils have pinene? There's a lot of them. But I discovered rosemary essential oil is really works well for me. So I bought like a little rollerball thing with that already had a blend in it that was for focus, but I, I kind of dumped some of it out and I added a lot more rosemary to it and I bring it with me on recording day. I have it with me, you know, it's next to my desk. What do you snort it? I, I roll it on my temples. Like, Hold on, man. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could just stick it up my nose and like, let it hang there. And it would work. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> you're like, no, you're doing it wrong. You're out. Yeah. And then, and then, so that was, that's another tool in my toolbox. But then I thought, wow, well, let me read more about these terpenes. And as I was Googling terpenes, all this stuff about marijuana came up. So then I started learning about marijuana and how oh. marijuana has terpenes. And I thought, wait a minute, and you ingest that. Oh, that's interesting. So then I, you know, started using marijuana and uh, I blended it with CBD so that like on recording day, I can focus and do five interviews in a row. I don't need that anymore. That's the cool thing about plant medicine is there's a level of integration as opposed to traditional pharmaceuticals that taper off and become less effective over time. Plant medicine, mm -hmm. you like become the thing. It's kind of cool. Um, but that, that was another thing that really helped me. And it was because of ADHD plus curiosity equals discovery. And I'm just really grateful for that. Oh, man. So note to self, snort lemons yep. and smoke pot. <laughs> and 
Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I, this actually sounds like it's going to be fun, man. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I also I have one more. I'm, at, I'm learning a lot here. Like the the pinings. Oh, yeah. sorry. What, what? Oh, yeah. The pinings are great. There is a YouTube video called Super Deep Gray Noise. Not because I would always like if I was working at home and something else was noisy, I would put on headphones and do um, white noise. And it's like a river, a bubbling oh. brook. And that was so distracting to me because I'm like, oh, I want to I want to be where the brook is. I wonder where that is. I wonder where they recorded that. I bet I could find it out. And I would just totally go on a rabbit trail that had nothing to do with the work that I set out to do. But something called gray noise, which is literally like that's it that's the whole thing. and it's 15 hours of gray noise and it is my go-to like, my impersonation of gray noise. <laughs> yeah so those Boo-hoo. those are my go-tos <laughs> that's cool you know I, I i literally just had um uh sky waterson um was on the podcast and she was talking about white noise and um and I was scared of it. I'm like, I, it's, I don't know if it's a sensory thing or what, but the, the idea of white noise freaks me out. And so I experimented with it and I tried it and it, I totally resonate with the idea that it's, it's like a river. It's like a, oh yeah, I, I want that. I, I left it on for a while and for me, it was relaxing and it, 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 I think it filtered out some of the clutter, but it was so freaking jarring. When I turned it off, the silence was so loud that it was uh, that I didn't like. So it was like the white noise was okay, but the turning off of the white noise was unsettling to me. Um, I have it in my notes now to try gray noise. Yeah. Um, How is it again? I'm sorry. What was it again? uh, Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just Google that. That sounds like it would work. (laughs) It's a, could you just record that for me uh, sure. an hour and a half? Um, no problem. <laughs> Thanks, Meredith. You're the best. My pleasure. I have a question. How do you handle social situations? Like when your ADHD symptoms show up when you're at a party or when you're on a date or you're talking just to a, a, a person or your boss, how, how do you handle when your ADHD symptoms kind of become an unwelcome member of that conversation? Um, that's such a really good question. That's, uh, that's hard because I don't think that stuff it, it's, it's after the fact. So I'm never, I don't think I'm ever aware of something until it's already done. The damage is done. Um, the and that's one of the things I I'm a huge um sufferer of I, I'm in, can become emotionally dysregulated big time. Um and so the I can get really butt hurt really quick. I can um uh yeah, I even read like I, I arguments that I've had with my with my ex-wife back when we were married, and it, it, I would get so like ah, ah passionate about things she's like why are you so angry i'm like i'm not i'm just passionate about what i'm saying <laughs> she's like well look at your face what do you mean <laughs> and um i'm like there's literally there's no ill will going on with me mm-hmm. but i'm mm, i have a point to make <laughs> um that <laughs> that i don't notice until i self-reflect and go what a fucking idiot 
you know, and then I have to deal with the whole be cool with yourself stuff. Oh, um, yeah. So, and, and I've done that, a, I'd say a good bajillion times. You go, oh, guess what? I overshared. I told people all about that aspect of my life that nobody needs to know. And now I feel shame or guilt or so, whatever it is. I got to remember to be quiet. I got to remember to stop talking. And it's like that that's just an afterthought. And then you you'll go out and you'll I'll say that they'll do the same thing. So how do I handle an ADHD flare up <laughs> uh, when my oh if I could feel it in my elbows. I'm having a I'm having an ADHD flare up. It, I it would be just to be cool with yourself. Like just exist in the yeah. world and be you and and afterwards just like, oh, so what? They know a little bit more about me now. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I How do you handle your flare ups? Mm, do you have a cream? I wish I did. I really wish I did. Yeah. I I struggle with um spacing off when people are talking. Um, it's, you know, oh. it's maybe something they say will trigger another thought, or maybe I think to myself, wow, they're repeating themselves a lot. And then my mind will go, oh, do you need entertainment? Let us offer you the selection of five other things you could be thinking about while your friend is telling you about their problem. Um, and so <laughs> my, my hack for that actually came from a time that I, I got a little bit too high on weed. Um, I was at the beach and I was floating on a little float. It was so beautiful. And I just was really, really present. I I was looking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this water. Look, all my friends are at the beach with me. This is so beautiful. And what I real and I cried. And I realized in that moment it was extra beautiful because I was really present. It felt like a dream state, but I was in the dream. And I that sounds so dumb. But I just remember taking in every little aspect of the texture of the water. It was like I was seeing through my eyes. I wasn't disassociated at all. I was just really, really there. And then after that, I thought, I'm going to see if I can access that while completely sober. And certainly not to that level, but I can access that. And so when I'm spacing oh, wow. off when someone's talking to me, I pretend like I'm in a dream and I pretend like I'm going to wake up any moment and I'm going to need to tell someone what I dreamt about. So take in every detail. And it doesn't work for oh like a super God. long time. Like I can't do it for an hour, but uh, it does, <laughs> just being honest, but it is a good reframe for me to bring myself back and, and not, be, not be in two places at once and just really be present. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have the working memory to, to remember. I'd be like, and your name <laughs> is Stacy. I got it. I got the name. Right. Like, uh, but what did you talk about? I don't care, but I know who the name was. I could just see yeah. you with like a sticky note, like on your finger as you're talking to your friend, like pretend it's a dream. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm remembering. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, let me just write down what we talked about <laughs> while you're talking about it. That's not awkward at all. I do, I, th that's such a hard thing too, right? Where you're uh, to, to be present with people. Yeah. Meditation is such a good uh, practice 
it's such a hard practice. It's hard to like offer that up to people who with ADHD, but mm-hmm. I've been meditating for like 20 years. And the idea of being present in the moment is it's an ever not, it's an ongoing quest that is, it's, it's like going to the gym for your brain mm-hmm. of like, and I'm away and I'm back and I'm away and I'm back and I'm away and I'm back and getting used to at least being cool with the fact that you went away. Right. Yeah. Like, of like, hey, it's okay that I, I'm not listening, um, but I'm back. Yes. What were you saying again? Yes. I do care. I do think you're a cool person. Oh, it's so true. I just started meditating about 10 minutes a day um, for the last three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it is a great practice in being cool with yourself. I would yeah. 100% agree with that. This is such a fun chat. I'm I'm so glad that you and I like stumbled across each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Before we go, I, I want, I, I know we're both publishing this episode to our respective audiences, I want my audience to know okay. about your podcast. Tell them what they can expect, the things that you talk about, how often you publish, like just shamelessly plug your stuff here, please. And go. Oh my God. Okay. And then you go because <laughs> we're flippity flopping it, right? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I'll go first. Um, who am I? What do I do? Um, uh, I the, the podcast that I do is ADHD Big Brother. And it is, um, I publish it, it, it comes out once a week. So it'll come out at episodes or every, every Monday. And I, my mission is basically helping adults with ADHD and even comorbid depression, get their shit together. That's the, the easy, simplest way I can put it is, um, and I do that through, uh, I created a forum and, uh, which is uh, a growing community of, of people getting their shit together together. And that's where I'm, I live there and. I'm working on my stuff as well there. And uh, then I have online uh, an online course that, that helps with the um, some of the big ones, right? Like task paralysis, lack of motivation, finishing what you start. It's meant to um, give you uh, the tools and skills to get past that stuff and to, you know, nudge yourself down the mountain, right? And then, you know, when I'm available, I'll do when I'm on coaching. And so... I I don't know where I'll be in a month, but uh, if I can help, I will. Um, that's me. And so the website is ADHDBigBrother.com and the podcast is ADHDBigBrother. And it's good. It's my plug. It's good. I, and it's funny. That's the cool thing is it's informative and funny and not everyone can do that. Oh, thank you. And then, okay, now you go. <laughs> my show is called Meredith for Real, The Curious Introvert. It's a social science show that is very very ADH friendly. The premise of it is to inspire curiosity by exploring the nuance of the world, more curiosity, less canceling. So every episode is different than the last because it's anti-algorithm. We create this bubble for ourselves of people and experiences and routines that include things that we are already familiar with, comfortable with, and agree with, right? And I think that is not a good representation of the actual planet that we live on. And so in order to inspire people to, in real life, explore places they've never been to and conversate with people different than themselves, I try to really create a variety of topics on the show that allow you to kind of get the party started digitally. So everything from cults to 
um, psychedelics to uh, near-death experiences. We're going to be talking about UFOs and aliens, um, also health and wellness, adult friendship. And we ask a lot of taboo questions. So questions that people think, but don't say out loud. How do I know if I'm an alcoholic? Why does the U.S. practice secular circumcision? Why is male anxiety stigmatized, but female anxiety isn't? Stuff like that. So episodes are also weekly and also come out on Monday. Yeah, and it it is so cool too. And one of the things that I love about your show is the, um, first of all, it's it's totally ADHD friendly because every episode is, is uh, it's like a new topic. It's a different thing. So it's always a fun, exciting thing. And the thing that I love that you do is in your descriptions and like your show notes, you'll be like, Hey, if you like this, you'll like these other ones. That's such a big deal because it's like, uh, your episodes are so good. And you're like, okay, what's next? What do I want to hear next? And so it's, uh, I I love that. I think that's super helpful. Thank you for noticing that. (laughs) I really appreciate that. I really enjoyed this thoroughly. Thank you so much for helping me branch out and try something new and get comfortable with a new format. Like I just really grateful for that. I, and and this was so much oh. fun. I couldn't think of a, a better person to, to do this with. Oh my God. Thank you. This has been a, a highlight for me. I love this. And now I'm juiced up. I don't even need a break. Now I'm going to go wake my kids up and be like, well, let's go. I just got done talking to Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> Extrovert. <laughs> oh, all right. all right. Thanks, Russ. You got it. Have a good one. Bye. Recording stopped. <laughs> I, I, when I was editing this, I love the fact that I it recorded the the Zoom lady telling me that the recording has stopped, and I'm like, oh, that's a perfect transition out. Hey, I'm going to use that. Oh man, Meredith is amazing. I. You know, I don't know what else to say. I seriously cannot recommend her show enough. It's top 2% for a reason. It's so fucking unique. And she's just so talented, her ability to interview people. And I can I can just tell you guys from my experience, I felt like a person that could, I could have a different stance on things and not lose any love or respect or anything for, like, it's, it's all good. So it makes the conversation like, it's freeing really. Uh, and I think that's a gift of hers. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about saying something wrong. So listen to some of her episodes. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but check these, some of these episodes out. Uh, episode 141. It's can I skip small talk, mastering elevators, Ubers, and family events. Episode 94, Irish Catholic to Orthodox Jew, conversion, acceptance, and community. Uh, episode 166, male anxiety, stigma strategies, and Rogaine. Episode 138, Life in the Vegas Tunnels, Clowns, Crickets, and Crank. And, and episode 93, Our Near-Death Experiences Science. These are so, so unique. All these episodes are so interesting and random. And, and to have her moderate them and, and host them, it's, it, it's just a perfect podcast. So please check it out. Anyway, the links are down in the show notes for those five that I mentioned. But it, it, there's so many other ones, you won't regret it. Uh, so check her out. And with that, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I will talk to you with a shorter episode next time. Later. Later.